I appreciate those that are helping fill in roles that they're not used to. I appreciate that very much. And most of all, I appreciate that the Lord is here. Amen. I want to tell you something this morning. And this could be considered a controversial statement. I hope you don't consider it controversial. Because as members and attendees of this church, I think truth is always what we want. Always, no matter what side of a political party something might fall on or what the topic is, we want truth because God is truth and we align with him. Amen? How many of you have heard of the movie called The Sound of Freedom? Have you seen it, Jane? I went to see this movie. It, it is, I, I'm not going to give away any details other than to say it is about the topic of human trafficking. And it is very, very real. That's the part that I'm saying may be construed as controversial because the mainstream media, uh, media is uh, putting it in that category, that it is nothing but a conspiracy theory. Well, as you probably know, conspiracy theories always have an element of truth in them. And then there may be other things that aren't totally true. I went to see this movie because I had told a friend, a, a, a Christian friend that I have known for many, many years, 30 years or so. She was the pastor's daughter of the pastor in Texas that we sat under for the seven years that we were there and I write for her magazine that she publishes and she said that she went to see this movie first of all I know that this isn't a topic that you normally come to church to hear about but I believe in this and I think we need to be honest with the Lord and ourselves and each other. So that's why I am bringing it to you this morning. And she said, Debbie, you need to go see this movie. And I, her name is Marcy, and I said, Marcy, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the emotional composition to sit through something of that nature. And she said, there is nothing graphic about it. There's nothing salacious about it. You will not see anything that the children are enduring in this movie. What you will see is the process of how it's done, the networking of who is involved. But most of all, you will see the absolute glory of God in that the man who orchestrated this rescue of 54 children in the country of Colombia listened to the voice of God. And that's all I'm going to say about the plot. I believe that this is a prophetic movie. It was made five years ago by the same, the actor, the, the character, main character, <clears throat> is the actor who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. Um, Jim Caviezel, I think is how you say his name. 
And the part that I feel so sad, uh, other than for the children's plight, of course, is that he was a member, a, a special agent on a special team of CIA agents, our government. And when he was put on this assignment, he asked for this assignment, and when he got there, he had to embed himself in this network that was going on in order to have access to these hand-picked abducted children. His boss at the CIA pulled the rug out from under him and said, we're not going to fund this anymore. You come home. And he said, how can I come home when God told me these children's lives are not for sale? So I said all that to tell you this. I encourage you to go see this movie. I don't think I've said anything like that in the three and a half years that I've stood behind this pulpit. I paid $6.50 for the ticket right down here at the Campbell Plaza. If you need help with a ticket, please come see me. I will help you with the ticket. I promise you, you will not enjoy the movie, but you will be so glad that you saw it when you have seen it. I believe that with my whole heart. I advise you to take Kleenex because you're gonna need it. But I hope you can go see it. I think you will feel that you've done something to help the cause of these kids by knowing the truth. This is a true story. The CIA, CIA agent, is, did I say, those, say that right? The agent of the CIA was dismissed, as I said, in the middle of this process and at his own expense, uh, partially. It was funded, and I won't go into that because you won't believe it when you see what, what happened when he got there, how God moved and took care of the needs and the costs and the things that they did. I kind of lost my train of thought there. But anyway, it's worth seeing. It's worth knowing what our government did and did not do and God achieved regardless. I felt so hopeful knowing the Lord, so hopeful knowing that he knows the situation. He knows where these little kids are, and I'm telling you, they, they start at three and four years old in this, in this line of horrid slavery. That's all I can say about it. That is all I want to say about it. I hope you will forgive me for that um, if you feel that this was not appropriate. I do feel it's appropriate. I've only seen maybe, I don't know, in my entire life, I've only been to a movie theater maybe, maybe 10 times. But this is one that I'm so thankful I didn't miss. So that's the message about the movie. I hope you can go see it. And I'm very serious about the ticket. If you need help with a ticket, please come see me. Huh? The Sound of Freedom.
the sound of freedom. And by the way, it is, for some reason I can't hear myself unless I'm holding this. Am I too loud? Okay, I might just hold it then. Um, it, it has been the highest grossing movie two weekends in a row. It beat out Mission Impossible's how many iterations that it's playing right now and another one that was supposed to be a Hollywood blockbuster. Those two are way down the list. Uh, also, there was one about, um, who's the Harrison Ford movie people? Huh? Indiana Jones, it beat out that one. So it is doing very, very well in the theater. Um, even though it was made five years ago, there wasn't the right opening to, to show it until now. Isn't that providential? I know that it is. I know that it is. I want to talk about something else very important this morning. And that's what it's like to have an encounter with God. I could literally stand here for days rehearsing biblical accounts of men and women who have had spectacular and very, very definitive encounters with God. But I only want to mention a couple of them this morning because my point today is more on the lines of what is it like for us to have a personal encounter with God? And Lord, I ask you this morning to teach us how to encounter you. Lord, I hope that these words will build up and encourage our hope and our confidence in you in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we ask it. Certainly Isaiah had an indisputable encounter with God when he described how he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple. And few encounters in scripture can rival the majesty that he describes and, and the feelings that he felt. For his immediate reaction was that the presence of God was so overwhelming that it caused him to recognize his own failures, his own inadequacies, and yes, even his own sin. This was a holy prophet of God, and this was what the encounter with the Lord caused in him. Certainly Moses had an encounter with God when he saw the burning bush. He heard the Lord call his name, Moses, Moses, from within the bush. And Moses said, here I am. But when the Lord gave him the download of his plan for Moses, and Moses' mind comprehended the magnitude of that assignment from God, his response changed from here I am to who am I that you should talk to me about leading this people out of Egypt. Quite a different response, isn't it? Certainly Jacob had an encounter with God when he thought he was wrestling a man, but it turned out to be God himself 
Because finally, in the battle of his lifetime, this wrestling match of all matches, God proved to Jacob that he could trust him and that his plan had been to bless Jacob all along so he didn't need to force his way to get a blessing from the Lord. And as I said, there are many, many others that I could go on and cite But I want to look at this morning how a personal application to us of how God might relate to us is like when we have an encounter with God. Certainly, it will be an internal experience. And that's because God is a spirit. And he breathed his spirit into us. And that's how he communicates with us. But still, each of us are different from one another, and we will not all experience God in the same way. Neither of these that I just mentioned were alike. But one thing will always be the same, and that is that encountering God involves the person of the Holy Spirit. Encountering God is not about feelings, emotions, a force, or even a power although all of these may manifest and be present at an encounter with God. But these are experiences that we have with, by, and through the person of the Holy Spirit. For he is a person, he is the third person, and an integral part of the Holy Trinity that comprises the Godhead the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he wants a personal relationship with us. And what does the Holy Spirit always speak to? He speaks to us of Jesus Christ, always. He will speak about our relationship with Christ and his love for us and ways that we can become more and more and more like him. Number two, an encounter with God will look different for every one of us. Sometimes that can be a little scary. But God meets with us individually, so therefore it will be differently because we are all not the same. But don't fear. Even if you feel something, you see something or you experience something, because it will be good from the Father. All good things come from the Father of lights. Sometimes encountering God will cause a physical reaction in our bodies because our mortal flesh can't handle being in the presence of his divinity without becoming weak under the weight of his glorious presence. And this is why we see people are slain in the spirit or fall down when they come in contact with his presence because the body weakens and we we can't stand in his presence sometimes an encounter with god makes us emotional not me right but no i'm kidding <laughs> we may be so overcome by his love or by a prophetic message that is given to us that we may laugh cry shake dance shout or run. I'm sure you can all recall instances of seeing these reactions. Or 
we may sit or kneel completely in silence, being still and reverentially in awe of his presence. And every one of these manifestations are normal and okay. At least in this church, they are. Number three, encounters with God may happen anywhere. Adam encountered God in a beautiful garden in the cool of the evening. Moses was in the desert and Isaiah was in the temple of God. God may come to call on us to pay a visit to us at any time or any place and at any time that we are receptive to him. Washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, doing the laundry, running errands, any time our mind is stayed upon him, he can drop in. Jesus surprised the disciples completely unannounced, in person, after they'd seen him be crucified, seen him be buried for three days, and yet once again Jesus came walking on the water towards them, towards their fishing boat, any place and any time. Number four, encounters with God will produce fruit. I want to say that I have seen in various places, not here, various places, people have encounters with God and it is for show. It is not for personal edification, it is for show. And I denounce that, I don't want any part of that, I don't want to see it around us here. We want to witness any number of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in an encounter in this place or any other place that we are, such as joy and peace and love and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faith and on and on. There will be a result of an encounter with God. We may receive a physical or emotional healing, an answer to prayer that we've been praying, or it may challenge us to deepen our walk and our faith in Jesus. We also may feel the Holy Spirit convict us of sin, as uh, Isaiah and Adam had that same reaction. That is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, to convict of sin. But praise the Lord, there is an advocate and there is a remedy for our sin. And I also believe that now more than at any other time, we will see miraculous signs and wonders in these encounters with God. We've talked about how we have them through the Holy Spirit, but I want to see encounters that have the results that we want to see. People delivered from spiritual bondage, from religious spirits that have made their way through uh, organized denominations and occults and that like things like that. And I believe that encounters with God will automatically have this type of result. You know that talking about religious spirits, you know that the uh, because I believe I've told you that the United Methodist Church has recently split 
The Presbyterian Church has recently split. The um, Anglican Church in the UK has recently split all over the human sexuality issue of what line they stand, what side of the line they stand on. This should not be so, for God should be in it and cast out that religious spirit. I believe that. Don't permit it. Encounters with, oh, I already read that. Sorry, forgot to turn the page. Number five, encounters will always involve our choice. Did I skip four? Nope. It will involve our choice. How many know, you've heard this all your life, I have, my whole life, that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he's not going to force his way into a situation or upon you. No, we have to open ourselves. We have to open our minds and our hearts and our spirit to commune with him and receive. It's our choice. He does not infringe upon our relationship or force us to do anything for the Lord. We have to have an open heart for him to move upon us. And I believe that it's up to us to encourage and ask for the Lord to come upon us in this way, to encourage God to meet with us in our daily life. We, we're not all television evangelists or missionaries that travel to other countries, but we have a realm of people about us. I'm so moved and thankful as you probably know, those that know me fairly well know that I take a water exercise class three days a week, and I have formed a beautiful relationship with about four of the women there, and we were getting, getting into our dry clothes and out of our wet clothes, and one of them's name is Lori, and she said, Debbie, what's the sermon about Sunday? And I told her, and I said, oh, but you should have heard last week, the tent of meeting, how God met with Moses in the tent and Joshua, his protege. And she said, I've got to hear this. <laughs> so it's a wonderful opportunity to share what we know with others. God asked Adam, where are you? And he responded, I was afraid because I am naked, so I hid if God approached you today while you're washing the car or whatever you're doing and he called your name, would you be able to say, I'm here, Lord, or would you hide? It's a personal question, isn't it? Or would there be some excuse about the timing or perhaps the surrounding noise would just simply drown out the call and we wouldn't even hear him calling our name? Even though Adam had sinned and Isaiah felt unclean and Moses felt totally incompetent, they responded to the call in their limitation, in their same condition that they were in. But God enabled. God forgave sin. And God gave Isaiah a voice to be heard. He will make up the difference. He will take care of the cleansing and the righteousness and the equipping. This past Monday night, 
This is what spurred this message this morning. I was getting ready for bed, just doing my normal thing, and I heard the call on my, in my mind and my heart. I heard the Holy Spirit talking to me, and he cautioned me about something. I'm going to be very honest with you. As, you. as you know, I have nothing to hide here, and I want to be truthful and honest. After Jim passed away, and I was completely alone for the first time in my whole life because I left my parents' home and went into our home with my husband, and except for having a baby or being on a trip away, we never even spent any time away from each other. So I wasn't used to being alone at all, ever. And it, the silence was so big. The silence was so loud, if you will, that it became a comfort just to have something on in the background, the TV or something on to listen to, just some background noise. And the Holy Spirit said, but now it's become a habit. And if you want to hear from the Lord, you have to turn off the noise. He reminded me that because of this, I might not hear the voice when it calls me if I'm not listening. Doug can attest to this. It's harmless noise. I'm not listening to things I shouldn't be listening to or anything bad. I do listen to quite a few preaching podcasts. I listen to a lot of cooking videos, gardening, sewing. But my all-time favorite thing, maybe because it's summertime and it's hot, is watching people launch and load their boats at boat docks. It is absolutely the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You see people falling out of boats and falling into the water off the docks. And my favorite one is a boat ramp in Miami, Florida. And it's my favorite because a 12-foot American crocodile lives it at that boat dock and swims from boat dock to boat dock while people are walking in the water and loading their boats, and he's just cruising right along there. That's, that's one of the reasons I love that one. But here's the deal. I want more for the Lord to have an encounter with me. I want to have that encounter with him. I don't want to take the chance that I don't hear him, that I miss the call or the answer to prayer that he wants to bring that I've been praying for. Or maybe he just wants to equip me with a new part of the Holy Spirit gifts that I'm not used to yet. And if I'm not listening and not willing to hear, I might, I might miss that. And somebody may not be able to be delivered because I wasn't listening 
or somebody may not be healed because I wasn't listening. Maybe he just wants to ignite my prayer time and show me things in the scripture that are hidden to me at this point. But I want to tell you something else. It's very true that encounters with God are not free. Because being used by God, being visited by God, puts a mark upon you that the world can see. Don't doubt it. And it doesn't come without a personal price. It will cost us something of ourselves. It cost Adam. He lost his position in the garden. He didn't lose his, his uh, relationship with God, but he certainly lost what God had planned for him. I mentioned to T last Sunday that working for God and being used by the Holy Spirit feels a bit like being turned wrong side out so that the acceptable and pretty parts are hidden and the uncomely parts or the icky parts that nobody really wants to see, the crying and all the stuff that comes with the visitation of the Holy Spirit, that's what becomes exposed and visible. But in order for us to decrease and him to increase, we have to be willing to let that turning inside out happen so that people see him rather than us. Is it making sense? Does it mean that I can't ever watch Fred the 12-foot American crocodile again? as he's swimming around the Miami boat dock and boats crashing into each other. People are crazy out there, I tell you. I don't think it means that. Or that I can't learn a new skill in sewing and gardening and oh my goodness, the garden is a horrible mess. But I got that zucchini off the vine this morning because there were two squirrels eyeing it on the lawn and I went out there and said, you guys get out of here, and I took it off the vine. So it's a little smaller than I would have liked, but at least they didn't get it, right? I don't think it means that we have to give up our entire lives for the Lord. But I think it needs some leveling out on my part, some letting go of some of the things, like I said, the noise, just the constant noise in the background. Let my mind be stayed upon him instead of the outside noise. Will you stand with me this morning? I hope that this has resonated with somebody. Maybe it's just me, and that's okay if it is. The Lord often... As you know, because I've told you, it deals with me in what he brings to you. But if you do resonate with this and you think, Lord, more than anything in this world, 
I want an encounter with you that changes my life and changes the lives of those around me. Let me see your hand. It's okay if you commit to the Lord. Nobody sees it but him. I know you do. I know you want this. Do I feel equipped to bring this to you? No, I surely do not. All I know is what the Lord put in me. I know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I know what the word says. So with those three things, I bring it to you for consideration. For asking him, oh, Holy Spirit, I am willing to open myself to you. I am willing to put myself down and turn myself wrong side out so that someone else can see you. Amen? Amen. Father, we just ask this morning that the Holy Spirit would do the work in us, oh God. It may take some time for us, Lord, to, to get away from habits that we have built over a few years, Lord. Oh, Oh, ring us out, Lord. Turn us wrong side out for your glory. Not for man's glory, oh no, 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 no. But for your glory, so that others may see you. Do the work in us, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. We lift your name, Lord. We lift your name. Lord, most of all, reveal those results of these encounters with you, Lord. Let us see the results, Lord. Let us see the impact on others. Come to you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. If all minds are clear, we ask that the Lord go with us from this place today. That the Holy Spirit hover over our hearts. And that we listen. We listen. That we cut the noise down to a level that we hear him no matter what. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And we ask all these things in the precious name of our Savior, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.